everybody, welcome back to the Optometry Money Podcast, where we're helping ODs all over the country make better and better decisions around their money, their careers, and their practices. I am your host, Yvonne Mindrin, certified financial planner and owner of Optometry Wealth Advisors, an independent financial planning firm just for optometrists nationwide. And thank you so much for listening. I, I really appreciate your your time and your energy and, and uh, checking out the podcast and following along. Hopefully, it has been helpful and educational for you. And if this is your first time listening, welcome aboard. Uh, hopefully, it's helpful to you as well. And on today's episode, I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to take a break from that investment theme we've been working on. And I'm going to talk about um, some updated news and information on federal student loans. Um, if we think about where we've been over the last three years, uh, we've not had to pay uh, any payments and we've not had any interest accruing on federal student debt since at least March of 2020. So for the last three years, we've not seen student loan payments as a part of our lives. If you've still been in the federal student loan system and along the way, there have been uh, several final, 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 final Final, final, final extensions of that pause, and um, finally, finally, as we as we'll talk about today, we're going to see that pause come to an end later this year. Some things that are still up in the air, some some things we're still waiting on, are that uh, the Supreme Court is ruling on whether Biden's most recently announced cancellation plan will be able to go through. As you remember, I think it was last year, um, the last couple of years sort of blend together for me sometimes, um, President Biden announced that there would be a $10,000 or $20,000 forgiveness or cancellation of federal student loans to those who qualified. Um, and this was taken to court, uh, and the at the heart of that argument against it was, well, does the president actually have authority to cancel debt like that? without an act of Congress. And so that eventually made its way to the Supreme Court. And we're waiting. Uh, we're waiting to see what happens there. Um, some of the most authoritative people I've seen in and around student loans are, are um, not confident that Biden will win the case. But of course, we simply don't know. So that's something we're waiting on. Um, and we also saw, as a part of that, a newly announced income driven repayment plan or or really it was a uh, a revision to one of the income driven repayment plans already available the revised pays you earn plan so this would be the revised revised pays you earn plan um, and so the initial uh, proposed regulations were announced about how that plan would work and we're still waiting to see exactly when that's going to be finalized and what exactly it will look like uh, once it is and uh, the most recent pause or the most recent extension of the pause for interest in payments had said that the pause would end at the earlier of 60 days after the Supreme Court case ends or 60 days after June 30th, whichever comes earlier. So uh, either June 30th at the end of the month, at the end of this month, or at the end of the Supreme Court case, it would be 60 days after that, whichever whichever would be earlier. And there were some rumblings, some speculations that there were potentially plans to extend it even further with other ways if the Supreme Court case didn't go uh, the Biden administration's way. Now, SoFi had sued the administration in parts to keep that from happening, I believe. 
but the recent debt ceiling bill, the Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023, which is a hilarious, awesome name for the law, as a lot of these laws tend to have, uh, is going to require them to start no later than 60 days after June 30th. So we now have a certain deadline after three years of sort of uncertainty about when that's going to happen. We now know it's sort of some some level of certainty that uh, this fall, your student loan payments, if you're still in the federal student loan system, are going to restart again. And the bill, in fact, had language that prohibited uh, the Department of Education or, or the really the Secretary of Education from extending the pause for any reason uh, as it relates to COVID. So uh, we now have some uh, some certainty here. Uh, we should expect that interest should start accruing at or around August 30th uh, and actual payments to actually be taken from your account likely at the end of September, like September 30th or, or something like that. It shouldn't start it shouldn't start right as the pause ends. It should be um, towards the end of September. And according to the Department of Ed's uh, student8.gov website, you should receive a billing notice at least 21 days before payments begin. So you should get notice from your servicer, uh, information from the Department of Ed that payments will start at an exact date for an exact amount based on your student loans. And uh, it's important to say that as a part of that debt ceiling bill, the newly announced income driven repayment plan was not affected by the bill, which is probably a big win by uh, the, the Biden administration, which is huge because this new income driven repayment plan, which isn't certain yet, it's not available yet, but as it was proposed, it's going to have more favorable calculations for your monthly payment. So it, when you think about income driven repayment plans, they're based on uh, your income minus a an amount based on the federal poverty level for your family size, and then it, it multiplies a certain percentage by that amount, like 10% of that amount, and you would get your annual debt payment. Uh, so what this new income-driven repayment plan did was it increased the poverty line amount that you subtracted from your income, and it made a little bit more favorable the percentage that you multiplied it by to get your annual payments. So it made it is likely going to mean lower payments for anyone that's on that plan. And uh, another important part of that is that unpaid interest is going to be waived. It's going to be subsidized. Even if your calculated payments in the early years are lower than the amount of interest charged, there's not going to be that negative amortization that happens on these plans where you're seeing accumulated interest build and build and build because your payments are not enough to tackle the interest. So that is a huge, a pretty huge benefit that takes, I think, a lot of the the um, perceived risk of being in these income-driven repayment plans off the table. Um, another important difference in this new income-driven plan was that you can now file taxes separately if you're married, married filing separate, and exclude your spouse's income from this payment plan, which... Before, you were not able to do that under the current revised pays you earned. You could not do that. You had to include both spouses' income. Other plans, you could. So now this opens up that opportunity where it makes sense for optometrists to file taxes, married filing separate, lower your own income, and lower your payments. So um, so that's an important part of that. Um, of course, we're waiting on file, final regulations to know this shakes out. I would assume those come out before payments actually start. And I'm also wondering that 
if the Supreme Court case doesn't go uh, in favor of the Biden administration, whether it's going to be tweaked and adjusted even more. So that's something we're waiting on, uh, and we don't know when it goes live. Um, I hope this year, I hope this is something they can fast track and get and allow to be used this year. However, it is looking like it's more and more likely to be available July next year. Uh, of course, we don't know. So that's something we're waiting on too. Um, so we know when payments are going to restart, We, but what will your payments actually be? What What is the amount going to be? Well, if you're on a standard or traditional repayment plan, like a 10-year standard repayment, or if you consolidated, maybe you're on that 30-year repayment that comes with consolidation at higher debt amounts, um, your payments may actually be recalculated based on your current balance and interest rate and the amount of time you had left on the payment plan. Uh, at, at the time during the freeze did not count as a part of your schedule. So if you had eight years left on your payment schedule before the pause started, you still have eight years left to continue once the pause ends. Uh, it's just going to continue where it left off in that payment schedule. But if you paid into your principal during the freeze, um, your principal may be lower. And so your payments may be recalculated to reflect that. If you're on an income-driven repayment plan, your payments are going to be the same as they were before the pause, unless you changed payment plans uh, and you recertified your income during the pause or you consolidated and recertified your income during the pause. So if you if you made adjustments and recertified your income during the pause, uh, your, your payments will change to reflect that. Um, so if you're on an income-driven repayment plan, when do you need to recertify your income? If you're on an IDR plan, you need to recertify your income each year to recalculate your payments. So each and every year, once a year, you need to do that. Uh, you need to show your income, whether it's your adjusted gross income on your tax return, whether you're using pay stubs as alternative documentation, whatever it is, that's an annual requirement each year, a requirement each year. And for right now, the earliest that you would be required to recertify your income is six months after the pause ends. And if it lands before that period, so if your expected recertification date is, let's say, this month, right? If it lands before that period, it's going to be pushed out a year. So if it was June of this year, you're supposed to recertify, that's pushed out to June of next year. Uh, which can lead to some interesting opportunities because for if you've been on repayment already uh, and you're in, in, an, in an IDR plan, your last certification may have been from income from 2018 or 2019, uh, which could very well be much lower than it is today. Or if you graduated during the freeze, maybe you've never actually made payments, um, your last tax return may have had quite quite a low uh, amount of income. So uh, maybe some opportunities to plan around that. So now that we know when payments are going to restart in this fall, now that we sort of know um, what to expect in terms of how your payments are going to be calculated, what the, the amounts are going to be, um, and, and when we need to reshow, recertify your income, what are some actions to take here? Well, number one, you want to clarify for yourself what payment plan you're in and, and what amount you should expect to pay. Uh, clarify what your interest rates are for all of your loans. Um, clarify your expected recertification date if you're on an income driven repayment plan. And you want to make sure that your auto debit, your, your auto payments are turned on. I don't believe by default they're going to be. So you want to check to make sure that your auto payments are going to resume 
And if you are wondering how to find all this, contact your servicer. That's one way to, to get all this information. I should say you probably want to do that before August because when payments restart, it's probably going to be craziness at these servicers. You know, millions, how many millions of people are going to be restarting payments at the same time? Uh, you can imagine a lot of them are going to have questions. There's, there's probably going to be some glitches trying to get that started again after three years. So you probably want to get in touch with your servicer sooner rather than later to, to get ahead of that. Um, you also want to review in general, I, I guess before I move on, you, you can also look at your student loan data file that you can find from studentaid.gov. Um, it's kind of a mess. You know, I when I review that for clients, I have a way to turn that into an Excel spreadsheet that's usable. But um, that's another way you can do that is, is sort of dig through that data file. But I, I would just try to contact your servicer and try to get all the information you need so that you are prepared for when student loan starts. Number two is, is just review the payment plan that you're on right now and make sure that you're on the payment plan or the, the payment strategy that makes the most sense for your current situation. Um, in my mind, there's three main approaches that you can take. Number one, you can try to pay down the debt all the way down to zero. You're going to pay it all back completely and try to do that as quickly as reasonable pos- as reasonably possible. Um, the second approach is going for a type of forgiveness using income-driven repayment plans. Uh, that can either be public service loan forgiveness if you're working for a nonprofit or government agency or, or something like the VA, or that can be 20 to 25-year long-term taxable forgiveness. Uh, or the third approach is a blended approach where you're using uh, potentially income-driven repayment plans initially right after graduation to uh, to keep your payments and your, your cash flow flexibility as high as possible, start to build up towards some specific goals, and then really tackle the debt more aggressively um, when you're able to or when your income is, is more stable or whatever it may be. So a combination of income-driven repayment plans and then aggressive pay down, and which I think is made more appealing by this new revised pays you earn plan, uh, especially because the, the payments should be lower and there's no income accumulation for unpaid interest. And so it kind of removes a lot of that that risk again of interest building up and having to pay that all that extra interest back uh, down the road. And I want to emphasize there is no right answer for everybody. There's a lot of strong opinions on how optometrists should or shouldn't tackle debt, a lot of which is based on how the people giving those opinions paid back their own debt. But there is there there I want to emphasize that there is no right answer for everybody. For you and your family in your particular situation, you need to evaluate your federal debt size versus your income or your expected income in the near future, your family size, whether your spouse has federal loans, the way that you can file taxes, that which all of which pay, play a part in these calculations, your specific cash needs, whether you need to save up to buy a house, whether you need to save up for career goals like practice ownership, cold starts, or, or purchasing into, or other lifestyle needs or goals, um, your ability to invest and start to build savings up, build some cash in your life, and your general feelings or values around debt. You need to evaluate that all for yourself. Look at the math, look at your own options, and make the right decision for you. And um, the next thing you want to think about is just think about the timing of recertifying your income if you're on an income-driven repayment plan. Uh, There's some scenarios where I've seen, especially with 
with optometrists who've graduated uh, during the freeze where you you may have entered an uh, income different repayment plan um, soon after or six months after graduation, which was based off of almost no income, right? Because you, you really didn't work that much before that. Uh, then your first full uh, your first year of practicing is based off of part only part of a year of working right so you don't have a full-time schedule the entire year so your next year of income is actually lower so there's ways to sort of use these first these first couple years of potentially low income to keep your payments low earlier on in sort of that blended approach and start to build up some cash savings um so you know, think about the timing of your income over the last couple of years, or if you've been in repayment for a while, maybe you know that your your past income that it's based on right now is much lower than your current income. So you want to sort of think strategically around how you want to do that. Or maybe your income is much lower now than it was back then. And you want to quickly recertify in order to bring your payments down. So just think about the timing of reproving your income and recalculating your payment um, to see what's most advantageous to you. And then you want to think about well, you don't want to think about, you do want to prepare your cash flow for repayments. Uh, you know, you've not been used to making payments for three years and millions of borrowers are in the same boat. So you want to start to plan again, start to look at your own cash flow, look at your own, um, the way that you use your income and create room for those payments to restart again. And I've even seen people start to um, mimic that payment over the last few months into a savings account just to get in the habit of seeing those dollars exit their cash flow. And then once payments are restarted, they're sort of used to that already. So whatever you need to do to prepare your own cash flow, your own budgeting for that, um, start to do that. And and if you've been in repayment for a long time, don't forget about the recently announced benefits provisions like the IDR waiver, the, the income driven repayment waiver, or the PSLF waiver if you're going for PSLF, which is sort of combined now. Uh, but those provisions, those benefits that were announced over the last year or two are, are going to give you a whole lot of credit potentially towards forgiveness, which can be really beneficial to you if you've already been paying into these debts for quite a long time. And uh, so the IR waiver, you have to consolidate before the end of the year if that makes sense for you. And when you consolidate, you're able to get credit towards forgiveness, whichever one you're going towards, for the longest term loan. Whatever whatever loans have the longest amount of credit, you're going to get that full amount of credit. So it's going to give you a whole lot of credit towards um, the longest term debt, towards a lot of uh, forbearances in certain situations. If you've consolidated, typically in the past what happens was uh, after consolidation, you actually erased all of your credit towards a type of forgiveness. So it's going to give you credit for uh, periods before consolidation. So it's going to be... Um, so it's a, a pretty big benefit. Well, I've seen situations where we had borrowers where they were already 10 to 12 years uh, after graduation, uh, 10 to 12 years of repayment. They've not really made much progress, unfortunately, towards debts simply because they changed in and out of uh, payment plans uh, or they were in forbearances. You know, they, they didn't really understand how these different programs worked. Uh, and so they've already made enough progress towards forgiveness to where it made sense to actually use an income driven repayment plan from that point forward and continue on towards forgiveness to where maybe if they started from the very beginning, it wouldn't have. So just take a look at that. If you've been in repayment for a long time, evaluate where you stand, what the most beneficial path forward is for you.
if you've made payments during the payment pause, evaluate whether it makes sense to get refunds for those payments. Um, maybe you made payments, even if you're paying it down entirely, maybe you made payments towards some of your loans that were uh, had a lower interest rate and those can be put towards use towards a higher interest rate debt. Or maybe you realize you should be going towards forgiveness all along and you didn't need to make those payments. So um, check to see if it makes sense to get refunds for, for debts that you paid off uh, into the federal loans during the pause. And then lastly, talk to a professional for student loan advice. And I, you know, I'll, I'll ring my own bell here. I provide student loan analysis as a part of my services to optometrists, but there are a lot of professional services, my peers, other financial advisors. Um, there are, uh, there's at least one I know of that does a lot of work with optometrists to student loans, uh, but there's also other services that are real experts when it comes to student loans. So, so work with a professional to make sure that you're making the best decision for you. You have the right repayment strategy for you based on your own goals and your circumstances, because these things can be complicated, uh, especially when you're thinking about working towards forgiveness, especially when you have two spouses that are both working and both have federal loans. Uh, there's a lot of misunderstandings about how these student loan plans work, especially the income different plans working towards forgiveness. There's misconceptions, and I've seen those misconceptions lead to bad advice. So if you're wondering what the best next steps are, uh, and you're sort of overwhelmed by the options and what to do, I would say just work with a professional. You can do that ongoing. You can do that as a one-time service. Just get help where you need. And because like I said earlier, there's no one right repayment plan for everybody. It really depends on your own specific goals, your cash flow needs, your family needs, career goals, and, and your circumstances. So uh, with that, Hopefully this was helpful. Um, wish you all the best as student loans restart and continuing on with that part of your life. If you have any questions on any of this, you can reach out uh, by email, Yvonne, E-V-O-N, at optometrywealth.com. Um, you can check out all of the resources, links, information I mentioned in this episode in the show notes, uh, which you can find by just scrolling down on whatever app you're in or at the Education Hub at my website, www.optometrywealth.com. And while you're there, feel free to schedule a no-commitment intro call, and we can talk about whatever's on your mind financially, and we can talk about how I help optometrists all over the country uh, with uh, questions just like this, navigating student loan decisions, debt decisions, or anything else in their financial life. And if you're not ready to chat, that's fine. For my optometry listeners, I'm also offering free financial health assessments. Uh, you can learn more about that by clicking in the link in the show notes. Thanks again. Hopefully, we will catch you on the next episode. And in the meantime, take care. Want more resources to help master your money? Check out the Education Hub on Yvonne's website at optometrywealth.com. Yvonne Mindrin is a certified financial planner and owner of Optometry Wealth Advisors, a California-registered investment advisor. All opinions of Yvonne and his guests are their own. This show is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for specific investment, legal, tax, or other decisions. Clients of OWA may own securities mentioned on this show. 